Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Kuf Yud in Masechus Ksubos. We're on the last three Dapim of Ksubos. Daf Yomi coincidence, we're going to, Bezat Hashem, get into the Israel Gemaras. Welcome back, Dublin, Barcelona. Um, we are, Brussels, we are here and we are back. We're in Eretz Israel for an extended period of time. We'll be Zoha to return to the rebuilt city of Yushalayim Bimheir Bimeinu. Now, what is the top mission of Kuf Yud and Aleph talk about? Before we get to the Eretz Yisrael Gemara, is the following case. Hamotzi, this is the sixth of the halachas of Admon. So here, here we go, the last one. Hamotzi Shtar Choval Chavero. That's how we got to this person, place. Uh, we're going to use myself and Andrew, because I miss Andrew like the desert misses the rain. So Andrew comes and he says to me that I owe him money. Okay. And then... Right, the, the borrower, meaning me, I produce a deed of sale showing that you subsequently sold me a field. Thereby, I am claiming, okay, that you, Andrew, would have never sold me this field if I hadn't already paid you back. You're saying I paid you money. I'm using not a receipt that I paid you, but rather a deed that of sale of a field as a proof stating this field you would never have sold to me if I had owed you money. That's the case. And so Admon, he's our hero here these days, Omer, Yachol Hushi Yomar, that the reason this works is because I, the borrower, could say, exactly what I just said, that if I would have actually owed you the money, Andrew, right, you should have, when I sold you the field, Right, you should have said, you know what, I don't have to pay you because you already owe me money, so just keep the money. And so the fact that you actually paid me for the field, that is an indication, right, that in fact um, I paid you back. And therefore, right, we can use the star mechira, right, we could use this bill of sale of the field as a proof that I paid you back. That's, that's Admon says. Chachamim disagree. No. Andrew was smart, as he is. Smart, kosher money. Andrew was clever. What do you do? Yeah, he paid me for my field. No problema, right? Because now he can, he can recover it, right? He could use that field, right? Once you, as Rashi explains, once you turn the metaltalin, anytime I have metaltalin, let's say you say, give me the money. Right, so again, you sold me the field. So... You wouldn't have sold me the field uh, otherwise. Now, now that I have this field, um, you can go and collect that field as the debt. So what did you do, Andrew? In effect, you um, converted my liquid assets into real estate. And the thing about the difference between liquid assets is, and real estate is that liquid assets I can hide in offshore accounts and you may not be able to retrieve. But real estate, it's in front of everyone and that is more retrievable. So they're saying, but ironically, what that means, therefore, is that the bill of sale is not a proof of the fact that I paid you back, according to the Chachamim. Because you may not have been doing this whole, and this is typical Andrew. In other words, Andrew is going to be kind. He's going to pay for everything that, in the proper time and do everything above board. But he's also shrewd, and he knows that once I have this real estate in my possession, if it came to the point where he had to repossess it, it would be easier to do so. And it is for that reason that he was willing to go through the sale, despite the fact that I had not yet paid him back. Oh, 
That's Machlokas Admon Lechacham. So the Gemara, Maithtar Meder Abanan, Shapir Karma Admon. It's interesting analysis here. The Gemara thinks that Admon makes more sense. That it makes, it's more likely that Andrew would not make a deal with me unless I paid him back. So the Gemara, no. But also, the Yavi Zuzu, the Hadakas Vishtaras, and there's a detail here. It depends on uh, the, the culture, sort of like what is the business culture of the place. In some places, they first give them money and then they write the deed. In other words, first they do the actual transaction and then they write it up the, the sale. So if that was the case, so then you would say, right? It, it is in that area where, where even the Rabbanon would agree, right? That I would have said you could have recovered the debt when you sold them in money. And the reason is because if you don't write the star until afterwards, then that gives me, right? If I'm a shyster and I'm going to try to get out of paying you back, then, then, I then you would never take the chance of doing this shrewd thing, right, Andrew? You never take the chance of doing the shrewd thing of selling me, selling, reconverting my assets to my liquid assets to real estate because of the fact that uh, I might do the transaction and then bounce before you write the star. And if I do that, then you're out the money and you haven't gotten paid. So you would never like double down on a transaction with me until you got paid the money. And even the chacham would agree to that in such a location. However, yeah. But where you write up the star first and then hand over the money, that's where you have the machlokas for the reasons that we mentioned in the Mishnah, where the Gemara spells it out. Admon would simply say that I could have served notice prior to the sale, right? Andrew, in this case, could have served notice that his intent was to actually convert the assets into real estate. The reason he would state that intent is in order to avoid anybody contending, as Admon does, right, anybody contending that, the, that he uh, had already, that Andrew's uh, loan has already been satisfied. Words, Andrew doesn't want to give the impression that his loan was satisfied, and so according to Admon, it would, be, uh, it would behoove Andrew to actually state at the time of sale that I'm only doing this to convert the assets into real estate. I just want you to know that I'm not forgiving the loan. That's what Admon says. Whereas Rabbanon say that that's not necessary. Rabbanon sabri, chavr, chavr, islay, v'chavr, d'chavr, chavr, islay. There's something we already had yesterday. That you can't, you don't have to rely on witnesses, but word of mouth. Chavr, chavr, islay means friends tell friends, word spreads. And this is the Chachamim's position that the Andrew, once he said, this statement that I'm only doing it in order to convert it into real estate, well, then you lose all the advantage of being shrewd, Andrew, because I, if I wanted to get away with not paying the debt, would then not go through with the sale of the field because then it puts me in a disadvantage. Now I'm vulnerable because my assets, my liquid assets, which I are hideable, have now converted to real estate, which are not hideable. So there's no, right, what would be the advantage, say the Chachamim, of you being shrewd if you're, if you're showing all your cards and you're, and you're actually claiming why you're doing it. Doesn't that ruin the whole effect? That, that defeats the purpose. So therein lies the Machlokas, Admon Chachamim. Very interesting. Next, Mishnah Goranowitz. Shnaim Shotziu Shtarchov Alzeh. Okay. This is a fascinating case where we'll still use, is it okay if I still use me and Andrew? All right. Andrew claims I owe him $1,000 and I make a counterclaim that Andrew owes me $1,000. I'm going to say what we're, what we're going to say outside first. The question is, there's going to be machlokas here. Do we just say, okay, everybody just keep their $1,000? Or do we say, no, if, 
if Andrew claims that I owe him and I claim that, that, that Andrew owes me, we should just pay each other, even though it's the same amount. Now, what we're going to say is uh, it, this works with cash, but with fields, it's more complicated because with fields, first of all, Baal Chov always pays with Ziburis. Uh, I'm sorry, with Benonis. A Baal Chov always pays, right? There's something called Ziburis, Benonis, and Idis. Ziburis means the lowest value. Benonis means the middle quality, and Idis means the highest quality. And Benonis is what you're supposed to pay when you owe somebody something. So that's going to become the issue. Is there, in fact, any discrepancy? Is there a difference between everybody keeping their money? Is there a relative difference in value or not? <coughs> I, sh- I, I can't resist telling you the story because it's very relevant to explaining our Gemara as we go forward as follows. My brother-in-law, David, is a line gazon, he's a great guy, Atara's oldest brother, uh, is an attorney and is a Tamachacham. Anyways, he was taking the bar course, and the teacher said, when they were taking the bar, he said, you guys, I know it looks like a lot of material. There was this giant red book and this giant blue book, and you have to kind of know both of them by heart in order to pass the bar. Okay, so the teacher wanted to calm them down because the book is really big, and the teacher said, you should know, there was a husband-wife combo who took the course together, and I get a call one day, and the, the husband says, you know, I got two blue books. There's been a mistake. I got two blue books, and my wife got two red books. And so the chorus teacher said, well, why don't you just exchange? And she could not get the idea to, through to them, to their head. So she said, you know what? Come, come down. Come down to the office, and we'll fix this. Just bring all your books. So the husband brings both his blue books. The wife brings both of her red books. And the course teacher takes the wife's red book and the husband's blue book, hands the wife's red book to the husband, hands the husband's blue book to the wife, and they said, thank you so much, you've resolved our issue. And now each one of them had a blue and a red book with which to study, and P.S., they both passed the bar. So that was the teacher's way of, of uh, encouraging them that even you could pass the bar. If they could pass the bar, you could pass the bar. Why am I mentioning it? Because it's very relevant here. In other words, if, right, if it's fully equivalent and it makes no difference whatsoever, then it's going to be understood that everybody should just keep the money, right? Because these are equal counterclaims. But to the extent that real estate has some fluctuating value, meaning like a $1,000 poor quality field is still less valuable than a $1,000 high quality field. So then maybe you should, in fact, just pay each other, even though it's the equivalent value. That's what's going on. So says the Mishnah. Right? Uh, so there again, Shimon could say to Ruvain, if I owed you money, why would you borrow from me? So basically, Admon is saying that you're going to, everybody's going to keep their own thing, and Chachamim is saying no, that I pay back Andrew, and Andrew pays back me. What's going on? So the Gemara Idmar. In other words, there is now a machlokas amarayim, where Rav Nachman is going to say, uh, <coughs> right, it's going to sort of be like a reflection of the machlokas in the, in the Mishnah. We'll see how we put it all together with Admar Nachachamim. Be that as it may, Rav Nachman is saying in this case that Andrew and I pay each other, even though it's equivalent value. And Rav Shesha says, no, why should I switch identical bags? Hapuche mitarta lamali, which is the same thing as saying, why should they come into the office, this husband and wife, and switch the books, let them just each Right? Give each other the book. It's the same thing. Right? So since it's the same value, just don't pay each other. Don't go through that, that trouble. And then just everybody keep the money that they have. So the Gemara says, that 
position of of everyone keeping it, the chuleyama idis idis beinus beinus ziburus ziburus. Well, the position of Rav Nachman that it only makes sense. In other words, even Rav Sheshes right would agree that if the if the values are not identical, right, that obviously you pay me back and I pay you back if the values are not identical. Although I guess in theory you could have argued that you just pay the difference. But the point is, when the values are not identical, so obviously we don't just keep what we have. Um, and therefore, the machlokas would be idis v'idis, benus v'benus, ziburus v'ziburus. If everybody has the same exact quality land, right, so then, vaday hapuche mitratzehu. So then, certainly, right, you'd have to agree that, ev- that neither party right there would collect the payment. Keep pligi, and when's the machlokas? The isle lechad benus lechad ziburus. Oh, so according to the Gemara, the only way there's a machlokas is where there is a difference in value. How so? Well, Rav Nachman Sava, remember, Rav Nachman is the one that says that each one has to pay back. That makes sense, right? Because the Balchov collects Bainanis as a rule. And here you have different uh, sort of quality fields. And Rav Nachman, therefore, is going to say, Zegova it's Zegova. It's a subjective thing. Kasava Bishalohin Shaman. That's what subjective means. What does subjective uh, here mean? Bishalohin Shaman <coughs> means like this. I just told you. That when somebody has a debt, when you have a balchov, that he collects benonis. Okay. Well, benonis is a relative term, Andrew. Or is it? In other words, does benonis mean that in relation to your own property, this is your mid-level field? Or is there like a standardized metric system, so to speak, of what's considered a benonis, a ziburus, and an idis? Right? So when I, right, when I quantify quality of field, we, you know, we, we're, we could talk about benonis, ziburus, and idis till we're blue in the face when we get to Nazikin, Right? But you have to see that there's an underpinning of a machlokas here of whether those things are relative terms or standardized absolute terms, right? So is there such a thing where you go to a field and say, this is a mid-level field? Or is it relative to all the other fields that you have? Oh, so if, so, so, so now the Gemara is suggesting that if Nachman holds that it's a relative term and therefore, therefore, if the owner of the inferior field comes and collects the other person's uh, average field, well, one man's trash is another man's treasure, right? To have a gabe idis. To the owner, to the guy who only owns kind of trashy fields, this middle field um, is like the best field he's ever had in his life. And therefore, and to the other guy who only has fancy manicure fields like Andrew, for him to collect one of my fields, that's garbage for him, right? And therefore, neither of us are really fulfilling this bainanist thing. Right, I have I don't I have sorry looking fields. You have immaculate, manicured, beautiful fields. So any field that you would get from me, even if it's my, you know, would be considered ziburus for you. Any field that I get from you would be considered it is for me. So neither of us are getting bainanis, right? Um, so and Rav Sheshis who says, why would you switch identical bags? He's saying as follows, that and everybody therefore should keep their own field, he holds it's like this objective standardized uh, measure of what is considered a inferior, middle, and superior field. And therefore, and therefore, when you take back your average land, right, it, he could just keep it because you would get back the same land that you had had before. In other words, according to <coughs> Rav, um, according to Rav Nachman, where it's subjective, the same exact field, and this is really the rub, this is the point, the same exact field can actually be considered idis, ziburus, or bainanis, depending on the context of who it's owned by. 
and therefore you can mess it up. Like if you go in a specific order, then all of a sudden a field that would have been collectible as Bainanis all of a sudden becomes Idis or Ziburis and therefore is no longer collectible. Right? And that's why each one just has to pay everybody back because otherwise it's going to be uh, a balagan, as we say, right? Because in other words, you go through this theoretical sequence of, of each one paying back and it doesn't work because we don't have the same value fields. Whereas according to, right, Rav Sheshis, he has the ability to say that we're all both holding the same value field even if we were to transfer it to each other. Why? Because it's a standardized it's a standardized scale of field value. And therefore, if it were to be that we actually do have the same field value, then it would be identical. There'd be no reason to swap, according to Rav Sheshus. That doesn't work to Rav Nachman, because everything is in context to Rav Nachman. So you have to just uh, switch every time. Okay. Right. So therefore, right, so Rav Sheshus, Amar, Kasav, It's a standard value, excuse me. And therefore, Sof, Sof, Kiyos, Yahu, Be'inen, it's Nafshe, Kashakel. And therefore, he could just keep it because it's a standardized Bainanist field that he would be re- replacing with himself and therefore there's no point in exchanging. Now, the Gemara says that may not be the Machlokas and it's going to get into now sequencing. Does this sequencing really work that we said with Rav Nachman? Um, this is Daf Yomi here. It's not Iyun, so we're not going to get bogged down in all the different ways to understand this, but just basically um, it's going to challenge whether the sequencing works both ways and we'll see as follows. So Rav Nachman. In other words, the whole thing that I told you was when <coughs> the Balziburus goes first, right, and collects his debt, so then all of a sudden that land becomes his idis, and then when the other guy comes to collect his debt, he's, he doesn't have a Bainanis available to him. So he says, why is the Balziburus going to go first? Maybe the Balbainanis should go first, right? And if the Balbainanis, then, if he has middle right quality fields and he gets the Ziburus, from collects the, the Ziburus of the other guy, which really by, by his standards would be his Bainanis, and then restore it to him, so then it would work even with Rav Nachman. That's what the Gemara wants to say. And the Gemara says, No, so maybe that's true, that they would, it would work in that case, but Rav Nachman is saying, yeah, okay, but he's talking about a case where that wasn't the sequence in which they collected. The Baal Ziburus collected first. To which the Gemara says, wait a minute, why are we having this conversation about the order of collection in the first place? Sof, sof, ki asu asu. Right back to the bar exam case. At the end of the day, they're, they're literally like both going to give it to each other. So it's as if it was simultaneous. So why are we going through the trouble of even talking about when the sequence was? Like in the case of the bar, did it matter whose book she took first to give to the other? None of that matters. At the end of the day, it's essentially a simultaneous transaction. And therefore... The Gemara says, So, okay, a different ukimta, a different scenario. Maybe the scenario where Nachman is talking about is where, and the, where the Machlokas is, is where one owns both, right, very superior and average lands, and the other guy just basically lechad ziburus. He only has garbage lands. And in that case, the Machlokas would make sense because there, they, no, nobody has the same kind of land. Right, Andrew only has manicured lawns. I only have garbage fields, and there there would be a way to set up a case, right, where it would be equitable even to Rav Nachman, and therefore maybe they, in that case they would have to pay each other. Okay, so now we're going to challenge Rav Sheshis from our Mishnah. So ten lines down in the wide, it's not right. They have to collect each other. So that seems to be connected to Rav Sheshis, right? Because Rav Sheshis has says that everybody could just hold on to their own fields and they don't have to collect each other. So what's going on? So this is what I'm saying before. That we had a Machlokas Admon and Chachamim in our Mishnah. 
Then we proceeded in our Gemara with the Machlokas of Nachman and Rosheshus that seemed to be along the same lines. Now we're putting it together. Now we're saying that this Machlokas of Sheshus and Rav Nachman, the Chachamim Shita seems to support Rav Nachman. Nobody seems to say, uh, nobody seems to say that everybody just holds on to their own field and doesn't collect. So how would Rav Sheshus understand our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, Tigam Rav Nachman alibur der Rav Sheshus. Rav Nachman interpreted the Mishnah like Rav Sheshus as follows. Kigon love it. So, Midos uh, Tovos here. Rav Nachman, the Mishnah made sense according to Rav Nachman. And yet Rav Nachman went out of his way to explain the Mishnah even according to Rav Shesha. Isn't that a nice thing to do, Andrew? How do you say it? Kigon Shalava Zela Eser Vezela Chamesh. Okay, I get it. When I first came to Baltimore, I needed a big infusion of cash. So I borrowed, right, a five year term loan from Andrew. And then later, Andrew wanted to do a lot of business. And so he subsequently took a 10-year loan, term loan from me, okay? So, well, so now, let's say all the quality is the same, but what's inequitable? The term of the loan. So wait a minute. So there, so what? That's the case where you might say that each one will hold on to, to, to its own? That doesn't make any sense. Says the Gemara, hey, dummy, what would be the case? Let's say... The, I, I borrowed first, right? So when I borrowed from Andrew, I borrowed for a 10-year loan, and then you took a five-year year term loan from me. So, wait a minute. Admon would never be able to say in that case that everybody holds on to their, to their field because Admon would never say in that case that I would have to pay you back because my term hasn't come up yet. In other words, you, of course you would still borrow from me, and of course, you'd still borrow from me, even though, right, uh, I, I may have owed you money because I didn't have to pay you back yet. So, okay, one has a, one has a loan from the other, but it's not like you're sitting here and saying that I, you don't trust me that I'm going to pay you back in time. This is a separate transaction. So therefore, why, why would Adam say that? <coughs> right? After all, halamata's money. After all, the 10-year term has not yet come up. No. Okay. Well, maybe it's the case is the way we said it earlier, that I took the five-year loan first. And then, when you came to borrow, was after the term was, was done. Well, in that case, who would disagree? And the other way, says the Gemara, Hechi dummy. If my five-year term loan is already up, so then my time of the abundant. Why would the abundant say that, that, right, you, that in that case you would just collect? Why would the abundant even say that you have every, any leverage, um, that, that you don't have leverage over me? Because after all, my term was already up. So, how, so therefore, of course, it's true that you wouldn't do business with me unless I paid you back, right? You would never borrow money from me. You could just tell me, give me back my money, right? It wouldn't make any sense for you to borrow money. Just remember, it's like the same amount, right? So again, I borrowed $1,000 from you on a five-year term and five years are up and I didn't pay you back. Now what, you're gonna borrow $1,000 from me? No, you just say, give me back my money, right? So that wouldn't make any sense, right? But either Lomata's money, okay, but let's say we're still within the five-year term. So how Lomata's money? My time at the Admon. So then if it's true that we're still within the five years, as we are, in fact, Andrew, still within the five years of me being in Baltimore. So if that's the case, so I don't have to pay you back yet. So then we go back to Admon not making any sense. So right now we're at a state in the Gemara where this same value field with differential times doesn't make any sense, differential terms on the loan, because either the loan is not up yet, in which case there's no reason for you not to borrow money, or the loan is already up in which case there's no reason for you to borrow money, right? Because you should just take, collect the loan instead. So then what would be the case? 
Fascinating idea. Lo tzricha de aser bahu yoma de mishlam chamesh mar savar avid inish li yosef li yomei. Yosef here means baro. Umar savar lo avid inish li yosef li yomei. What's the machlokes? That same day, the day that the five year loan is up, on that day, would you borrow money from me or not? What do you mean? Well, I borrowed money from you, Andrew. It was a five year term loan. Uh, the last day of the loan ends up like on an Arab Shabbos. Okay, so you could collect all the way up until Erev Shabbos, but you have a lot of business to do Friday. And you need the money that day, right? But you can't rightfully collect from me because I don't have to owe you till sort of like later in the day. But later in the day means that you're not going to be able to do this business deal. You're going to have to wait the whole weekend and you're not interested in that. So, you, so the machlokas is, would you in that scenario rather wait for me to pay you and not have to borrow the money? Or would you have like the business attitude of, you know what, I trust him, he's going to pay me, but I need the money this morning and therefore I'm going to borrow the money already now instead of just forcing Lavi to pay me. That's the machlokas. On that very day, the last day of the term loan, would you do it? I actually had this in my own life. There's like a loan that I'm taking out and Anna, who's giving me the loan from M&T Bank, said... Uh, the loan isn't coming in until Monday, but you know I have some available on Friday. Do you want some available on Friday? These things do happen because sometimes, right, when you're moving money around, it's time sensitive, and therefore that would be the, the, the position that it is time sensitive even down to the day. As opposed to if you think it's not time sensitive down to the day, so then there is no scenario where this case would make sense, and so that could be the machlokas. Okay, now, now Rami Barhama. Shir Schmidman's PhD thesis topic <coughs> is going to give his own opinion as to what Rav Sheshis could be, right, reconciling Rav Sheshis with the Chachamim as follows. Right, again, Rav Sheshis says everybody keeps their own money. So Rav Barcham Amar, and the Chachamim say not that way, that everybody pays each other. So he says, Hacha This whole issue, right, in our mission is dealing with Yasomim. The Yasme Mig Begave, Agbu Ilomagavin, and Minayhu. Because there is a special halacha by Yasomim that Yasomim are allowed to collect payment of loans made by their father, but we don't collect their father's debts from them. So that, in that case, it's it, uh, by definition an uneven playing field and loans never cancel each other. And therefore, Rav Sheshis is not talking about Yosomim. Rav Sheshis is talking about regular loans, but our Mishnah, because it's talking about Yosomim, that's when you would have to actually pay. Aye, but that, that's, the, the Gemara says, but that's not what the Mishnah sounds like. The Mishnah says, well, how Zegova Zegova Katani? The Mishnah doesn't say that only one party collects. The Mishnah says both parties collect. So if you're telling me that the whole shot is that the Yosomim don't collect and that's why it's inequitable and that's why we have to collect, well, that's not what the Mishnah sounds like. The Mishnah sounds like both parties collect. So the Gemara, It doesn't really mean that each one collects. What it really means, the Mishnah, is that one collects and the other one doesn't pay, meaning the Yosomim don't have to pay. So I'm a Rav, stay Chuvas Bedavar. Rav says there's two problems with this Number one, first of all, it's not what the Mishnah says. So why would the Mishnah mean that if that's not what it says? It, the Mishnah on, it actually just says that each one collects. Yeah. And, and besides, Rav Nachman could say, right, we, we could say that we could give the land to the orphans and then the debtors can collect from them. How so? Well, according to the sheet of Rav Nachman, that this is the case with the Yosomim, that once Yosomim are flushed with cash from collecting from all the debtors, it's this idea that we see that a Balchov can, in fact, collect. In other words, Rav does not mean 
right, that that the that the Yosomim's debtor can then can actually give them the land and then repossess it. But since the the um, Yosomim do have to return the land, it would be futile for them to collect it in the first place. That's what Rashi explains. So the point is that these are this is a problematic shot of Rami Barhama to say that we're talking about the case of the Yosomim and the Gemara concedes Kasha. That's in fact indeed Problematic. So says the Gemara. But look at the Islo liyasmi ziburis. So let's say, wait, maybe the case is where the Yisomim have ziburis. For Islo liyidei idus veinus, and the other party only has right better quality lands. The az liyasmi gavur veinus umagbila ziburis. In other words, like this, we have this idea that when you are nifraim and nichli yisomim, the halacha is you can only collect from their inferior from their ziburis, as the Gemara will now say. So the point is like this that the Yasmi, the Yasomim, are gonna get the Bainanis, Umagbile Ziburis, and then afterwards they pay him back with Ziburis. The Inami Bishel Kol Adam him shaman. Because even if we say, right, that everything is relative, you can only collect from the Yasomim from Ziburis lands. So so maybe that's what Rami Bahami means when he's talking about Yasomim He's not talking about the fact that it's unequitable in terms of, right, the fact that Yosomim don't have to pay and the debtors have to pay the Yosomim. No. The inequitability is that a Baal Chov gets Bainanis and Yosomim, when you collect from Yosomim, you only get Ziburis. And it is that which is inequitable. And it is for that reason that by definition, anytime Rami Barhamar is saying that anytime you collect from Yosomim, you're always going to have to pay each other as opposed to keep what you have because there's an inequality in the Halacha Okay, in terms of the quality of land that you collect from Balchov versus, which is a Bainanis, versus the quality of land that you collect from a Yosem, which is Ziburis. So that now is rejected because that solution is rejected simply because it is true that Lechatchila, you can only collect Ziburis from Yosemim. However, if he actually took Bainanis, but the Ebedee gets to keep it. And therefore, that shot doesn't really work either. So now we're in the mission on the bottom of Kafir Amadalf. Andrew is about to have a panic attack because he wants to finish the Masechta in three days. But I don't know if you look, in Kufya Bays, it's a very small daf. Um, so we're playing with house money, Andrew. We got this. Okay. Says the new subject, we could start talking about Eretz Yisrael very soon. Shalosh Aratzislein When somebody gets married, okay, they could say, you know what? I'm dating you and we're getting married on the condition that we live in Eretz Yisrael. Says the Gemara, says Rashi, the first Rashi on this Mishnah, three lines up from the bottom. Shalosh Aratzos and Beretz Yisrael, Chalukos Leinin Yisue Isha, Shem Nasa Isha Ba'achas Mein, Eno Yachol Lachofa Leilach Achar of Meretz El Eretz. That 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 this is the idea that Yishu Beretz Yisrael, right, you, is one of the conditions, and this is what we're going to see even better in the next Mishnah. But the point is that there is a value to living in Eretz Yisrael, and therefore, because there is such a value. You can't force your wife to not, the, that value will trump, right, the forcing issue, which is to say, a husband can force his wife to come with him. A wife can force her husband to go with her. Aliyah is always going to be allowed. And now the chedesh of this mission is that even within Eretz Yisrael, there's different levels as follows. Yehuda of Eber Yard and Galil, right? So one area is Yehuda and Eber Yard and the Galil. Here, too, there is a Chiddush that Avar Yarden has the status of Eretz Yisrael. Uh, be that as it may, it does, right? Because of the Shvatim went there. So then, there you can't move her from one city to the other, meaning you can't force it. You can't say, if you don't do it, then, then just here's your get, and you don't get a ksuba. You can't do that. Or from a city 
one city to another. But within the same right, province, you can require your wife to say, listen, we gotta move. As we turn to Kufi on the base, you can't force a small down Silver Spring girl to move to the big city in Baltimore or vice versa. Because that's like a culture shock. But you can, it's fair to ask your wife to move from a not nice, uh, not such a good house to a nicer house, because that's an upgrade. But you can't expect your wife to move from a beautiful house <coughs> to a dingy apartment, because that's not fair. Shimon Gamliel says you can't force her. Again, this all has to do with can you force her and force a divorce without a ksuba if they, if they refuse. And Shimon Gamliel says you can never said. You can never do that when it comes to moving. Moving just has to be like this thing where everybody's on the same page, right? It's an interesting phrase here that even moving to a stolzier area, bodek means it's like tries your, your constitution, right? It actually, it, bodek Rashi says over here, <coughs> right? A bodek is a goof, meaning, right? If we move to Baltimore uh, where we shop at seven mile and move to the five towns, or move to, to Muncie, where they have all this fancy food, right, my, my intestines would explode. So even moving into a stolzier area, right, may not be, right, uh, such a big upgrade where everybody would agree that I could force the issue. I can't force the issue. I don't want to go to the stolzier area. That food there is too rich, and I'm not, I'm not interested. It's bad for my digestion. Okay. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara asks this question. Moving from out of town to in town, and in town to out of town, can you force the issue? So I can understand that if the girl is an in town girl and you want to move her to out of town, I can understand why you shouldn't be allowed to do that. Because in town you got everything. Krach is town, right? And and ear is is Baltimore relative to town, right? Ear is is like a like the the shtetl, right? Krach is city, and ear is town. So, Kra, but we call city town. You understand what I'm saying? In town versus out of town. That's how we say it today. So, Krach is in town. At, I'm sorry. Right? Krach, right, is in town and ear is out of town. Okay. So now, Krach, Shichi, Kalmili. In, in town, you got everything. In Lakewood, are you kidding? Lakewood, Jackson, now Manchester, Tom's River. All, that's where everything's been found. I had a patient come here from Tom's River and they went to the atrium where I work and they said, you can never get away with this in Lakewood. I said, get away with what? It's a beautiful office. I don't know what they're talking about. Because there, everything has to be fancy schmancy. So he says, Yeah, in Lakewood, you have everything. In Baltimore, you don't have everything. Yeah, but why wouldn't it be okay to force somebody to move from Baltimore to Lakewood? You should be able to. Lakewood's the best, says the Gemara. Sounds more like Kashe. How do you know that living in Lakewood in town is hard? Because it says, The people blessed everybody who volunteered to settle in Yerushalayim. Meaning they blessed them because they needed extra blessing because Yerushalayim in those days was considered town. And Rashi and Tosfos have different interpretations. Uh, Rashi and other, uh, I didn't see in, in Tosfos, no Tosfos here, but I saw in other Rishonim um, quoted by Rabbi Rosner that Rashi is explaining that it's too, it's too like, populated and you can't breathe. But no, but the other say it's too shtaltzi, it's too much. Town is too much. And therefore, it's not, so, it's not so easy to live in town. Not everybody likes it. Some people like the simpler life. And therefore, it's true that a lot of people think that only like Lakewood or Bust, but not everybody feels that way. And therefore, you can't force a move from one place to another, be it from in town to out of town or out of town to in town. 
Furthermore, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, my bodek, what does it mean that it, that it tries your, that it's t- trying for your system? Kiddush Shemuel. Because Shemuel said, Amr Shemuel, Shinoi Vesas Tchilas Cholim Eayim. Shinoi Vesas is not Maseches Nida here. It's talking about, but it is the same context, which is to say, routine, right? Changing your routine is how you start getting intestinal problems, right? You move, you, you move from one place to another, all of a sudden you just don't feel right. Because of the Sefer Ben Sira, we're not going to get into the Ben Sira, right? Maseches Sanhedrin Daf Kuf, I think. The whole controversial Ben Sira book that never made it into the, the popular language, and it has all these medical, we've already seen the Sefer Ben Sira has all these medical uh, suggestions, and we have a whole machlokas, whether we hold like them or not, be that as it may, right? Because of the Sefer Ben Sira, the days of poor men are all bad. What do you mean all the days of poor people are bad? They have Shabbos, they have Yontif, they have all these happy days. Why are you going to say every day is bad? What, he doesn't enjoy Shabbos and Yontif? Says the Gemara, Yeah, because it's a change of routine. So during the week, they're not getting the delicacies. Then they go to Shabbos and Yantiv. It's hard for them to enjoy that too because it messes with their system. Oh. And therefore, Ben Sira Omer Af Lelos. Not only are the days bad, but even the nights of poor people are bad. Bishfal Gogim Gago. Because his roof is the lowest and therefore everything spills onto his. His is <coughs> right where all the water collects. Ibn Rom Harim Karmo. So, you want your karam to be at the lowest because that's where it's collecting the most, right? You want your vineyard to be at the lowest because it's collecting the most water. You want your roof to be the highest because then the water sloughs off. But when you're poor and you can't afford it, so you're buying all the karmim on the top, <coughs> excuse me, where all the water spills down, and you're buying all the roofs on the bottom where you're getting all the retivut. <coughs> it has me. Um, so the rain... As we said, falls from other roofs onto the other. And the soil of his vineyards falls into the other vineyards. And he pause for sure. Mishnah. Okay, continue with the Mishnah. Now we're getting into the real Eretz Yisrael stuff. Everybody could force all the members of their household to make Aliyah. By the way, these three Gemaras, Kuf Yud, Kuf Yud Alf, Kuf Yud Beis, Andrew, I listened to Rabbi Shalom Rosner's Shlita, uh, to all three of them, walking from our apartment, all the way straight shot to Yafwa to the Kotel and back. It was during that walk that I listened to all of these Gemaras. It was beautiful, maybe uh, again, to go enter at Yisrael, the Yerushalayim Habniya. Ve'in akol right? But you can't force anybody to leave Eretz Yisrael. You can't say, you know what, we can't stay here for whatever reason, and we have to make every da. No, everybody has to be on the same page for that. And now the mission says, I call Manli Yerushalayim, Be'inakol Motzin. So even within Eretz Yisrael, Andrew, I, when we live in Eretz Yisrael, I can force right, my household, we're moving to Yerushalayim. See the higher level of Kedusha Yerushalayim, Be'inakol Motzin. Echad Anashim, Be'echad Anashim. And that's fascinating too, right? The wife can force the husband, husband can force the wife. Says the Gemara, Nasa Isha Be'eretz Yisrael, Be'gersha Be'eretz Yisrael. This is just not the Gemara, the Mishnah. Or rather, it says if a person married a woman in Eretz Yisrael and he has to divorce her in Eretz Yisrael, no son Eretz Yisrael. So then, what's the halacha? What's the denomination? So give her the ksuba in, in shekels. Okay. Nasa isha Eretz Yisrael v'gersha bekapotkia. We'll call that Lakewood. So he married her in Eretz Yisrael and divorced her in Lakewood. No son Eretz Yisrael. He can still give her the coins in shekel. It's assuming that the dollar is stronger than the shekel here. But when you got married in Eretz Yisrael, you committed to the ksuba in shekel. So therefore, you could. 
divorce her with Shekel. Nasa Isha Bekapotkia. What if you got married in Lakewood? Begersh Shabaret Sestral. But then you were in uh, Arze Habira or whatever. You were in, you were in Ramadish Kol and you got divorced there. So then, Nosa Lama Osar Sestral. You could still divorce her in Shekel. That's the Chiddush. You could always divorce her in the lower amount. Okay? Even though you got married in Lakewood in dollars. So Rav Shimon Gamliel Omer, Nosa Lama Osar Kapotkia. Rav Shimon Gamliel doesn't like that last halach. He said, no, no, no. If you got married in Lakewood and now you're living in Arze, you better believe that that the divorce settlement is going to have to be in the dollars. And, and also that you're keeping two days, Andrew. Yeah, but if he married her, right, in Lakewood and divorced her in Lakewood, then of course, we're not going to say, oh, you could still divorce her in Shekel. Obviously, you're going to give her dollars in that case. It says the Gemara, that Avodim even, okay. But there is a Tana who says that explicitly that Evid Ivri is in the Mishnah. They have like a version of the Mishnah, apparently, that we don't see. That's what the riff says, right? Where the word Avadim is also in the Mishnah explicitly. It says the Gemara, Lasuya Mai. So then, if that's the case, what are we actually adding? That you can move from a beautiful city in Gaulus to uh, a less beautiful city in Eretz Israel. Okay, right? Right, so all the five towns people that went to Afula, I could say that because my father grew up in Afula. My grandparents are buried in Afula, so they, so that you could still right do. Even that you could force. You could you could force everyone in the household say, "Hey, everyone, we're moving from this mansion to Afula to a two bedroom apartment." Okay, and in the other direction, that's to include what? That's a, not a Evid Ivri, but Evid Kanani. And Evid Kanani runs away from his master, right? And he runs to Eretz Yisrael. You can't force the Evid Kanani to leave Eretz Yisrael. Isn't that fascinating? He's not even Jewish, so to speak, right? He runs away to Eretz Yisrael. That's like his asylum. We say, no, just sell him to Eretz Yisrael. Why? We even promote the Evid Kanani now to stay in Eretz Yisrael. It's such a value for people to stay in Eretz Yisrael. We need bodies. So if an Evid runs away from Chuslar, it's two Eretz Yisrael, he manages to fake his identity and get on the El Al plane, and now he's in Yerushalayim, you can't take him back. You sell him there and take the money. Wow, because that's one extra body that we have in Eretz Yisrael. Now the Mishnah said, HaKol Ma'al in Yerushalayim, L'asuyi Ma'i, L'asuyi Minove HaYofel HaNove HaRo. Ve'en HaKol Metziyin, L'asuyi Ma'i, L'asuyi HaFil Minove HaRo L'Nove HaYofel. Right, the Gemara is saying, that theoretically, even someone who's moving from bad to good, Right in the rest of Eretz Yisrael, I did the Tana Reisha, but the true explanation of the Mishnah is that Ein Motzin Tana Seifanami Ein Motzin. Right, in other words, it's it's a counterintuitive shot in the Mishnah, but it was just to keep it right uh, uniform. And so, second wide line, Tana Rabbanon Hu Omer Laalos Bi Omer Shalolalos. The husband wants to make Aliyah; she doesn't want to make Aliyah. Kofenos Olalos. You can force the wife to make Aliyah. Vim Lav Teitzib Loksuba. And that's the point. That's what forcing means. If not, you could divorce her. You don't even have to pay the ksuba because aliyah is a value. He omers lalos, we omers lalos. She says, let's make aliyah. And he says, no, I'm happy here in, in Monsi. Kofin oso lalos. No, he has to go with her. Even if their hot wife initiates, beam lab, yosi vizin ksuba. Yeah, you don't want to come to Eretz Yisrael? Then divorce her, but you're going to have to pay up the ksuba because aliyah is a value. He omers lalos, we omers lalos, kofin oso lalos. And it's the same is true in the other direction. She wants to leave, right, Eretz Yisrael or Yerushalayim and he wants to stay, then we force her to stay. Right? And uh, by 
right? Otherwise, you don't get the ksuba. And similarly, finally, finishing here, who Omer Lotsis, who Omer says, he wants to leave your shalim, but she wants to stay. Or Eretz Yisrael, Kofun says, he has to stay, otherwise, he has to pay up. We will start tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, six lines uh, down in the wide at the two dots, the value, and we will talk about Eretz Yisrael, even better to live in an ear of Ovid Kachavim in Eretz Yisrael than to live in a yeshivish town in Chutz Laaretz.